0: Evening was the hardest time. I couldn't settle. The flat came to feel like a series of rooms I was moving through over and over like a clockwork toy on a track. Chair. Hallway. Kitchen. Hallway. Chair. Hallway. Bathroom. Bed. Repeat. Evening after evening spent not speaking to another person, not even talking to myself because my voice rang uncanny off the walls of those rooms. It was winter, pitch black outside before anyone had left work. The city glowed orange and gave off steam, streetlights like coils in a three-bar heater. I was livid all the time. I couldn't stand myself. That night I'd gone for a drive. It wasn't late, maybe nine o'clock, but it had been dark for hours. I found myself in the new town, autopilot driving, not sure how I'd got myself there or why. It was February, the roads greasy, sleet, driving slant against the traffic. In spite of this, George Street was busy with Friday night drinkers. Big groups of coatless girls whooping and dashing, bare-legged, through the sideways weather. I parked on the cobbles with my back to the all-bar one. I felt old that night. Oddly responsible for those girls. I felt like someone's dad. The kid in the Honda Civic pitched up like a rock dropped into the middle of the street. I'd let my mind drift, watching the spatter of sleet on the windscreen de draining the battery. I heard him first, his speaker's bass, setting teeth on edge from a quarter mile away, then closer. The raspy hiss of his air-compressed gears. At the red light sat a single hatchback driven by a woman. From where I'd parked I couldn't make out her face, but imagined her tired, unwinding from a long shift as she drove home. When the kid in the Civic screeched up on her inside and dead, stopped, revving, bumper over the line, I knew already what he was going to do. I don't know if I fired my own ignition as it happened or ever so slightly before. The light turned and the engine of the Civic roared. The cut up happened fast, the kid slicing diagonally across the lanes. I watched the woman flick the hatchback's nose in time and narrowly escape a crash. She did what I'd have done, what any of us would, and blasted the horn. He asked for it, I thought. Visibility was shit, and it was late and dark on a cold, slick road. It shouldn't have surprised him, but apparently it did. He hit the brakes, skidding a good few yards on the glassy sets. What the fuck, you fucking stupid bitch? The kid had rolled his window down and hauled his torso part way out. His throat was a pale flag in the streetlight's glow, an oversized baseball cap pulled over his eyes. He'd stopped the Civic right in the middle of the road. By now, I was out of my space and waiting at the roundabout myself. You cunt! he yelled over his music's crappy bass. He hooked one arm out into the sleet and made an aggressive come-here gesture. Get out of your fucking car, cunt! If the woman blinked, she didn't show it. Neatly, she turned the steering wheel and eased the hatchback out across the carriageway, past the kid and his ridiculous car, the way she might have skirted any obstacle. My light had changed, and as I approached, I saw the boy racer chuck his throat and spit with enough force, even in the February wind, to lad a gob of phlegm on the woman's passenger door. He moved fast, "'folding himself back in through his window. "'This time he didn't rev or spin his wheels, "'just peeled out with that headache bass cranked up. "'All she'd done was blow her horn at him, "'and yet he was going to chase her. "'It was surreal, following the two of them "'down Hanover Street to the Queen Street crossing, "'which lit up green just as the woman approached. "'It was a good thing too, "'as the kid had glued himself to the hatchback's bumper.' I couldn't see exactly, but the gap must have been inches wide, perilously close to a shunt. Had the woman braked at all, he'd have piled into the back of her. He'd flashed his full-beam headlamps up, throwing dazzle in her mirrors. Other motorists bearing witness didn't seem to bother him. His music was so loud it thudded through the road, my own steering wheel buzzing to its beat. As she headed downhill on Dundas Street the woman slowed to a near crawl. She might have been trying to annoy him, but I felt it more likely she was terrified. The kid was a bona fide, dangerous driver, risking his own safety as well as hers. At low speed, at least, the crash that seemed almost inevitable would be mild. A paint job, maybe. A dent. But I doubted she was thinking of her car right then. She was being menaced. The kid's driving was a clear-cut threat. Passer. I hissed through my teeth. You've made your point. But the kid didn't let up. Together, we eased round the long bend at Brandon Street, slow as a funeral cortege, the Honda Civic still practically brushing the bodywork of the hatchback. At the Huntley Street junction, the lights were red and the woman slowed to a dead crawl in order to force a stop. I saw her indicate left, and then the kid put on his reversing lights. I doubted he knew I was there or even checked for vehicles behind, but I was glad of the few feet of space I'd left between my bonnet and his idiotic spoiler. He rolled back far enough to steer the Civic's nose into the road, then purred into the right-hand lane. His tyres were on the white dividing line, his cars flank right up against the hatchback. In what I hoped was a show of solidarity, I closed the gap between the back of the woman's car and my own. Of course, the kid zipped down the window on his passenger side. I could see him leaning over, one arm braced against the steering wheel, to yell at the woman whose head didn't turn, who kept on gazing straight ahead. I imagined her knuckles white, her mouth a thin line of grim resolve. I told you, get out of the fucking car! The woman didn't respond. I saw the kid twist to turn down his music, a gesture so ridiculous I might have smiled, had this been a film I was watching and not an active crime scene. Don't fucking ignore me, bitch! The kid put his foot on the accelerator and I heard the Civic's exhaust rattle underneath the engine's roar. I'm gonna fuck you up, you hear? Get out of the car! The light was still red. A 27 bus turned right from the box, its two decks full of blue light, like a steamed-up fridge. Still, the woman didn't respond. I remember looking down at my phone, which was sitting propped in the cup holder. I remember thinking, I could have dialed 999. Could have done the right thing. The correct thing. The kid was still yelling.